I'm Chris Barker. And I'm Will Betts, and this is the Music Tech My Forever Studio podcast. In this podcast, we speak with artists, engineers, DJs, and today, a YouTube music production superstar about their Fantasy Forever Studios. But just like real life, there are rules in the Fantasy Forever Studio, and it's a studio that our guests will have to live with for eternity. That's right. Our guests can select a computer, a DAW, an audio interface, then they can only choose six other bits of studio kit plus one luxury item. And now I'm going to ask a question to which I already know the answer. What if a guest wants a combination of items compiled into an individual single package? No bundles, there we go. This time, we are joined by internet sensation and Canadian music production power nerd, Andrew Wong. With over 2 million subscribers on YouTube, Andrew is one of the most popular music technology personalities around, and his knowledge and passion for gear makes slimming down his setup to just six items a real challenge. Andrew has detailed the process of making music by sampling almost everything, including his own unborn child. And with the recent launch of Flip, his brand new sampling app, it will be interesting to see if this makes it into the final six. I absolutely can't wait to hear his picks for this made-up menagerie of music making. This is My Forever Studio with Andrew Wong. Welcome. (laughs) Thanks for having me, guys. This is going to be very difficult, but enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) Good. That's what exactly what we want. Um, so I mean, so you know the concept, you know the podcast, and uh, yeah, I mean, the first thing we can talk about is the location of your mm. perfect studio. Before we get into the individual items, what, where, if you could have your studio anywhere, and what would it be like? Yeah, so two things came to mind because um, I thought it would be amazing to just be in space, and if we're <laughs> fantasizing you know why not but then i thought you know it might get a bit cold it might get a bit lonely i I mean (laughs) it's it's a really tough call because i just think that would be cool and and here's a a cheap Mm. excuse to also fulfill another dream of mine which is to be in space but um (laughs) i I also just i I thought of hawaii and um i feel like i i I haven't i I was gonna listen to a bunch more of of the podcast but then i realized i didn't want other people um you know maybe Mm. affecting my answers and so when i came up with hawaii i was like that feels like it would be the vanilla (laughs) dream studio location answer but i'm still gonna go with it it's one of the popular ones i will say (laughs) it's one of the popular ones but the most popular one is malibu uh actually it's uh keeps like basically rick rubin's studio is what everybody wants um yeah i mean location wise but but I think we've had Hawaii before. We've had we've actually had a spaceship before, haven't we? We've yeah, had, we uh, did have a spaceship. Well, <laughs> was, it the, was it the Death Star or it was the Millennium Falcon? No, yeah, sorry, the good guys. Yeah. So why Hawaii then, Andrew? You know, I was there one time, and uh, it just actually is paradise on Earth. And um, I get, I, I think there's something like seven different climate zones or something there. Like it's it's much more three-dimensional than just like the palm trees and beaches, but also it is the palm trees and beaches and you can just feel like everything is right with the world Mm. and have the warm water on your toes and, or explore a volcano, you know, (laughs) it's, uh, it's just such a cool place. Um, I saw, I saw rainbows like multiple times while I was there, you know? (laughs) And was this any inspiration for that, uh, for Sparkle Mountain? Is that, does this relate back to your trip to Hawaii or is that unrelated? Oh, unrelated, I guess. I uh I don't know if that maybe crept in subconsciously, but no no, I was I was in Hawaii like several years ago, um part vacation and part um like doing some building with Habitat for Humanity. So I'll just get all the disgusting humble bragging out of the way there. <laughs> um but no, it was a really cool experience and um hmm. and then at the same time, you know, just enjoying this place that you didn't think was possible to be real because it really is just so um 
beautiful, so breathtaking and and actually like perfect weather and and all the stuff that you think can only be a photoshopped postcard. And what's uh, what's the actual studio looking like? I mean, is it as a a kind of wooden shack or is it some kind of modernist, you know, does it fit in with the Hawaiian vibe or is it is it completely different? <laughs> well, yeah, it absolutely does not. I guess I'm a pretty big fan of like the, the more modern and, and minimal styles of architecture and uh, design. And um, I mean, my space right now is is not far off from it, but it's a very like plain version of it because my studio is just like all white walls and, um, you know, all, all white sound baffling and uh, just like a couple plants besides all the mountains of gear. Um, and so I think, it, you know, I'm just inspired by larger, more open spaces, higher ceilings, and uh, a lot of daylight is great. Uh, you know, I've got like three skylights in the studio that I'm in and a big window. Um, yeah, I just, I, I like the openness and, and, and the brightness of a space like that for some reason. And maybe it's too many years of like hanging out with like smelly guys in tiny cramped like basement gray foam walled studios yeah that's how that's how we all start isn't it down down in the dungeon <laughs> all the lads smelling it out yeah it's gotta be dank <laughs> smelling yeah. it out so you're gonna have big windows overlooking the ocean then is it is that the is that the vibe i think big windows overlooking the ocean is the dream yeah i can't imagine a more inspiring uh, view other than maybe like space so <laughs> I, I kind of like the idea that your a studio can maybe just have like a, a landing pad on hawaii and actually is a house spaceship that just kind of goes up into space yeah wow <laughs> what about a spacex barge can we upsell your dreams that's right upsell your dreams to a floating absolutely i mean i i can't believe i didn't already come up with that that's great i should you should be on my uh my team we are we are for, for this podcast we are the team <laughs> we're the my forever studio team we're, we're on team andrew yeah, yeah no that's brilliant launch pad go to space anytime it's got a little little space station. i guess i couldn't have a space station permanently but it would have to orbit right i don't know enough about space to even have any you know there, there's no credentials <laughs> here i'm just <laughs> Just daydreaming, but yeah, space-related things. Put them in there. We're, we're no space experts either. I mean, we'll <laughs> we'll all correct each other on any kind of music technology-related uh, nerdiness. But with space, I think we're all in the same spaceship, so to speak. <laughs> Lost. <laughs> right. So we've got the we've got the the, the incredible upsold dream of the Forever Studio space house in Hawaii landing pad. Um, now you get your free items, which you can sort of whiz through. Is um, I mean, computer-wise, Mac or PC, do you care? What's the Forever Studio computer? Yeah, you know, I'm actually, uh, I'm doing a video about this soon, and it's going to, you know, potentially just explode my channel into pieces. I'm going to do an Android versus iOS and a Mac versus PC video, specifically with regards to making music, uh, because there are a few ways, and they're, they're not even big ways, but there are a few ways that I feel... And I don't, I don't think I'm alone. I feel like Mac wins out and as well, I, I feel iOS wins out. And I, and I don't even like saying that because I have used all of these platforms and I love the idea of music being accessible. But I think at the end of the day, having used both systems, I, uh, I prefer Mac for the workflow um, and stability, I guess, is a, a, a part of it. You're going to go for the what? Mega Mac, the Mac Pro? 
for the Forever Studio? Yeah, I, you know, I haven't, I, I'm working on an iMac from 2015 that I've been quite happy with, and I just have ignored whatever else they've put out since then, because it's, um, you know, I, I maybe I got sucked into too many other gear wormholes already that I'm like, when Apple does their announcements, I'm like, oh, you guys just, just go for it, I'll be over here. But um, yeah, if we're talking about Forever Studio, I'll probably just spec it out as, as much as possible. I don't know what I, I was hearing. There was like a fifty thousand dollar configuration you can get, which is yes, something bonkers. I think, I think it touch tops out oh, about yeah. eighty eight thousand or something, My doesn't God. it? Once, <laughs> yeah, does it? That's probably with that stand. That's the extra thousand or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, so we got Matt. And um, what about your DAW of choice? Oh yeah, I've been in Ableton for over fifteen years, so. It's not going to change now. <laughs> and I mean, was it always Ableton? You said fifteen years. I mean, what did you start? What did you start? And did you start on Mac? Because that's another thing. Most people don't, do they? Because, like you say, of accessibility, they usually start on other devices or other OS. Yeah, absolutely. I grew up on PCs, so I was using QBasis, which is like a light version of QBase. That was my introduction to uh, MIDI sequencing. It, I don't think it even had audio, or if it did, I never figured it out. And um, so I was making little tunes with that, with uh, just general MIDI sounds when I was a, a small child. And um, I got onto uh, FL and then I, I think I, you know, I just went daw crazy for a couple years because I was like, what is the right one for me? Or, or what is the one that's going to make my music better? Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I tried everything. I did a little bit of uh, Pro Tools and Acid and uh, Reason and... Um, Cakewalk, all the, all the major ones, I think. And then uh, a buddy of mine showed me Ableton, and I didn't understand it at all because the first time you open it up, I think it's in um, the clip view or session view. Mm. Uh, yeah. And so I did not understand what it was meant to be doing, and so I wrote it off. But then I, I was invited to a, a demo of it, and um, just like having a a person walk through a few of the features like the audio warping, which at the time no mm. other doc could do, and um, you know exactly what the clips were for and how easy automation was and assigning hotkeys yourself and all that kind of thing. Uh, it just immediately clicked with me. So I think that was 2004, and I've been on it since. Nice. And what about your audio interface? Then we get to the end of the, those. These are the freebies. What's the audio interface of choice? Oh, yeah, I'm not sure. You know, I really like my um, UA um, 8P. Uh, and I, I, I'm i not a person who's done like tons and tons of, of looking into like the very high, high end audio interfaces. I don't know what's out there. I may, I may just keep it that way. <laughs> it served me well for so long. Yep. I'm, again, it's kind of popular choice isn't uh, it well yeah very popular that one it's, it's a very good choice so yeah. can we upsell your dreams on the ua though to their their flagship whatever will will be able to tell us what that, that basically is. is the flagship isn't it it's got eight pre's in it so uh, oh you're you're doing well he's yeah. upsold he's already there's something else they have that's like a little more expensive for whatever reason but i think you know i prefer having a preamp on every input yeah <laughs> okay fair right so now it starts getting challenging because we're going to count down your six. So we're going to go start with item number one for your Forever Studio. Yeah. So the the first thing actually that I thought of, and I'll, I'll just throw this out there because I think it'll actually be the most surprising thing, but I want to have a, a Yamaha disc clavier, uh, the, the like player pianos. Um, 
Because my, my first instrument was piano. I, I studied it for years. And uh, though I don't play it too much anymore, I don't think I could go forever without a piano. I think there's something so enjoyable about just sitting down at the keys and uh, working out a song that way or be, you know, being able to play some of the uh, old classical tunes that I enjoyed. Um, and then uh, I, I have actually just recently been interested in getting a disc clavier for experimenting with, you know, being able to send MIDI to it, uh, or just like watching the keys play themselves is kind of going to be entertaining forever. I remember the first time I, I saw that as a kid and, you know, blew my mind. So I'm putting that down and I, I realized later too, it could double as my MIDI controller, which would just be like the most overpowered MIDI controller, but then don't, I you know, don't need to take another slot up on the list, but, um, Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice piano. So, hang on. Have you had any? Have you spent any time with the Disclavier? Have you actually tried it as a MIDI controller or anything like that? Or is this just like no? A- only at NAM, and I'm just hoping that it would work out. And I imagine it would be kind of annoying because you probably still will be hearing the piano when you're using it to send MIDI. But uh, I don't actually know. I guess if you have it set up incorrectly as well. Yeah, and you select the wrong track. You'll go to play something, and then it'll start playing the song from the other track. And <laughs> the ghost You're piano, the yeah. General MIDI drums, yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay, well, that's an original, I mean, an original item. We've not had that before, but also, like, it, it's. I know you said that you grew up playing piano, but I don't hear a huge amount of piano on what you're making right now. Is this just sort of so that you can? work stuff out because that's what other people have done they've sort of gone for like they want a grand piano or an upright piano just they can you know play with stuff be you know closer to the music rather than you know and explain things to other people as well through the through the keyboard is that an element of it for you yeah i think you know it's um piano and guitar are the two best songwriting instruments in my opinion and so i do a lot of working things out just at the keyboard or at the guitar and um I guess if if there's a reason why it's not showing up in my work, uh, it's because I don't have a piano right now. And I guess in a way uh. that does inform, you know, my output because I'm, I'm exploring so many different genres. And so when I can avoid MIDI instruments, I tend to. And I, I guess that's that's just what's been happening is like, oh, if I can't get my hands on a real piano, I'll work on this other stuff that doesn't need a piano. <laughs> yeah. I'll sample my baby instead. Yeah. For yeah. <laughs> great sounds everywhere. <laughs> All right, then. So moving on to item number two. Right. I put down um, my first guitar and uh, I've had this thing since I was 14. Uh, it's uh, it's not anything special. It's an Ibanez Talman from like the early 90s uh, that I got used when I was in high school. And um, I, I, it actually turned out to perfectly fit my my future aesthetic. At the time, I thought it was kind of cheesy because it's this white guitar with like a pearl inlay and uh, some gold, um, like gold pickups and another gold detailing. And at the time, it sort of felt like, I don't know, like an old jazz dude's guitar or something like that, which was not really anything I related to. But then um, I realized just a few years ago that, my, you know, my entire studio was white and then I had this golden pineapple on my desk as one of my only like trinkety decoration things. And I, I just got like the gold iPhone too. And I don't know. So now it's just, you know, I've become <laughs> one with this thing that I started with. But yeah, I, I feel like I couldn't go, I couldn't go without a guitar. So it was really tough deciding between acoustic and electric 
but uh, I ultimately I just have too much fun with pedals and um, I don't know weird experiments with bending and tremolo and whatnot. And it's in, in, it's interesting you've you've gone for like the guitar that you sort of it's more of a sentimental thing because obviously Forever Studio you could have any you could have you know Jimi Hendrix's guitar or whatever you wanted in the Forever Studio, but you'd still go. Is it does it hold sentimental memories? Does it remind you of gigs or? different things from your from growing up is that why you want it yeah i mean it was my only guitar forever so there's a lot of stuff uh, baked in there you know that definitely the first time i performed live with with guitar that was the one um and uh i i think it's it's also like very i just lucked out with with the one i happened to choose because it's actually i think it it's comfortable to play it it's like uh you know, punches a little bit above its weight as far as the its its quality that you know, or, or what I would have expected for its quality. Now that I know guitars and I know mm-hmm. that it was only four hundred dollars and you know all that kind of thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I might uh, modify it with like a Floyd Rose before I go off forever. But uh, yeah, I, I and and I think this is something maybe that that surprises people too. But I, as much of a gear guy as I am, I, I just don't care about guitars. <laughs> it's, um, you know, to me, they're just, it's, it's six strings on a hunk of wood and, uh, <laughs> and I, I, I play them to, to just get something out. Um, and I don't obsess too much over about the, uh, the finer details you know, even even like people go really, really crazy about like, oh, is it going to be like single coil humbuck or whatever? And I just like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I like <laughs> I'll that. Use I, like that. I like that. <laughs> Which is so different from how I am with like any kind of synthesis thing. But that's yeah. like that's like the equivalent of saying I don't care if it's a square wave or like a triangle wave. Can you imagine? I wonder if it is right. Yeah. Can you imagine saying that? Because you know, I guess. Well, so I have the kind of like. Um, Oh, what's the, see, I don't even know the term for it, but it's like two humbuckers and then a single coil in between. Like there's a name for that setup. I guess with that, I have, you know, I have five different positions in my pickup selector and it covered enough of the range that for me, it felt like, oh yeah, I can get kind of a twangy tone. I can get kind of a, a duller tone. I'm I'm good. And I'll do the rest with, with effects. I wonder if guitar guys have the same thing, like where they just go, just bring up a synth sound and you're like, right. Yeah. Yeah. But be more specific. What? Oh, you know, just a, a synthy sound. <laughs> I can totally imagine a session with a guitar guy where it would be, it wouldn't matter if it was like a, a trance stab or like a atmospheric pad. You'd just be like, yeah, we need a synth. Right yeah. There. Just stick that in. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're motoring through these. There's two down already. And it's going to start getting difficult soon. So item number three. For item number three, can I just warn you, you don't have anything included to listen on. So <laughs> I was going to not remind the guests this this time. I was I was hoping we could get Andrew all the way to the end and then go, ha ha, you've got no speakers or no. <laughs> right. I was wondering if this was a trick question <laughs> because I'm like, well, they gave us all these freebies and there's no monitors. Or headphones. Yeah. So you're going to have to have some. But a pair of speakers is a pair. It's yeah. not a bundle. You don't have to get speakers individually yeah, no. as much as some shops will <laughs> want to do that to you. Um, we, we give you a, a stereo yeah, pair. Yeah. So. Um, you know, okay, so this is another interesting one. And, and we'll just go go here because I have a few kind of like gray areas on my list. But let's talk about listening then. I uh, I Some people know this about me and I, I've been public about it, but I just don't speak about it very often. I have a lot of hearing loss. And so my monitoring has just never been 
as important to me, I think, compared to a, a lot of people. And so right now I'm like, I'm using these uh, Vmoda headphones and uh, they're really fun, I think, for a lot of people. They're like the hypiest headphones I've ever owned. But I tend to use them the most because they give me so much extra bass, which is uh, an area that uh, my ears are kind of lacking in. So um, yeah, honestly, if, 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 you know, choosing monitors has to be one thing on this list, I would, I would defer to an expert and just say, what, what's something that'll last forever for me? <laughs> well, I mean, you could get headphones if you wanted headphones instead. I mean, I mean, do you prefer working on headphones for that reason? Or do you prefer using monitors? Overall, I think I just prefer using monitors for the, uh, the freedom of, of moving around and, I think one of the signs for me that uh, a track is going well is if I get up out of my chair and, uh, you know, it kind of happens involuntarily sometimes and you're like, oh, I just got to move around to this or, uh, you know, you get excited and you, and you get up. And I think, um, I guess I, I don't actually find myself doing that ever in headphones because I feel tethered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, so you, I mean, you, so you have to pick some monitors then. I mean, we're going to have to, uh, I mean, we can we can tell you some popular choices, but you know, I'm sure. I'm... I mean, so I right now I've been using these Genelec um, A351As that I, I really love, and they're they're pretty nice. Um, I uh, I visited Dead Mouse's studio last year once with a, a buddy who's who's on his label, and um, he had some some insane thing going there that that sounded amazing. So I don't know if I could find out what those were, maybe I'd put that down. <laughs> But okay. I'm um, googling it right now. We interviewed Dead Mouse a few a few months ago, so maybe it's on that list. Will? Oh, I wonder. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's. St- oh, we can just we can just say the item is steal Dead Mouse's monitors. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. his actual one. People. I would like to deprive Dead Mouse of his monitors <laughs> forever. Excellent. Yes, <laughs> that's nice. That's a that's a lovely Christmassy message. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm pretty Grinchy. Yeah. <laughs> Dead Mouse and the Grinch sounds like a, a, a good a good show. I'd watch that. Um. <laughs> oh, that would be a great great little cartoon. Me yeah. trying to sneak into Whoville where Dead Mouse lives, <laughs> take his studio stuff, <laughs> just to ruin Christmas. <laughs> I'd like to hear a, a Dead Mouse Christmas track. Actually, Joel, if you're listening, uh, I'd love a, a Dead Mouse Christmas track. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, is he done? So, Will, do you do you have an answer on the Dead Mouse thing, or should we should we move on? I do. We have, they are ATCs and they look like the uh, SCM 300 ASL Pro. Yeah. They are big, big ones that live in the walls, soffit mounted. Made, made, uh, made in the UK, right? Aren't they ATCs? Made in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. British brand that. Yeah. So are you, have you been upsold? You're going to still, you're going to steal those speakers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Beautiful. Beautiful. Good choice. Nice. So what's that? Two more items left. (laughs) Three more. That was number three. three. Yeah, we've got number three. three okay, more so you've go. got three more. So item number four. Um, okay, so I the no bundles rule. I'm not sure how this is going to work out because I feel like I would need to have some mm. hardware modular with me. Finger on the trigger, will get my ready. Journey. So obviously, you know, I can't pick a bunch of different modules, but I would maybe like would a would a system count as one item? Ooh, w- w- explain what you mean. Explain <laughs> yourself. <laughs> well, say like I, you know, I I actually uh, haven't used one but um like a moog system 55 right like that kind of seems like it's just one that's fine item i'm saying that's fine <laughs> what do you reckon well, you I think exact that's fine. decision uh yeah i mean look sure which one you can why don't you you can steal somebody's you oh. can steal a famous one 
I'll uh, steal Hans Zimmer's. Wow, go big or uh, go home, Andrew. <laughs> Jeez, Hans Zimmer's right. Yeah, he can okay. use VSTs from now on. So what's what's that? It's a Model Fifty Five. Yeah, I think it's the big one with the keyboard. Uh, which actually, cool. I can have a second set of keys. Um, but I, I, I just know for me, I would need to have some kind of physical patching. I, I, I just know I would miss it too much. And it also, I feel like it brings out a different, uh, different aspect of creativity when you're even, even though I've used. Um, software modular stuff before it never quite feels the same. I don't feel like the results end up in the same place and patching is such a, a unique way to go about uh, creating sounds and creating music. So I just uh, wanted some kind of um, modular in the forever setup. But uh, yeah, I actually, you know, I'm just dreaming big with, with the Moog stuff and I love all the Moog stuff that I've used, but I've never actually touched a system 55. Yeah, that's, that's epic. That choice. Yeah, that's. I mean, I've I've not played with one that big before, uh, but <laughs> shut just up, getting Chris. sampled for your Christmas card. Will <laughs> forget it. <laughs> item number five. <laughs> okay, item number five. Number five. Then um, I, this is a this is really tough getting down to two more. So I'll, I'll put down a microphone. I'll need to have a microphone with me. And mm-hmm. uh, I've just gone with a U87. Um, I say just, but... <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And it's... In, in a way, you know, it's, it's another one of those items where it's like, well, it's the best one in this category that I've tried. I'm, I'm going to go with it. But also, it's it's been kind of special for me because uh, I was introduced to it uh, years and years ago on a session with someone who'd rented it. And I was like, oh, I can't believe you can rent something that's this expensive and luxurious. Uh, and so then uh, a few years on from that, I, I rented one myself. And I, I really love how it sounds on, on most things. And I did a mic shootout video where I compared the uh, Neumann U87 with like uh, some kind of like general sure offerings as well as a $20 mic that I bought from Amazon. And uh, that was a, a fun time. But then just uh, last month, actually, they've, they've sent me one. And so it's been a, a whole special journey with this microphone where I believed I would never, ever buy one. And then uh, I'm still never going to buy one <laughs> because they, they just <laughs> freebied me, which is amazing. So it's, I don't know, it's it's a nice little little testament to what I've I managed to do with my channel. Yeah, that's so, so nice. Besides being a beautiful sound. <laughs> How did the $20 compare to the the U87 then? I mean, are we talking, is it? You know what? It's it's it? uh, it's ridiculous, the results of that shootout. Because uh, at, once you get it, once you, once you put all the mics through a nice pre and you put a few effects on, you know, you compress it, maybe a little bit of reverb. And I, I was just testing on, on vocals only, so I can't speak to how they performed on other instruments. But... Uh, for the average listener, it was very hard to tell the difference, which is amazing. I, and I think I could tell the difference because I knew what to listen for. And there's like this just extra sheen on the high end with, with the UD7. But um, it, I, I actually asked the viewers to close their eyes the first time they listened to this demo because I was going to be switching mics um, in midway through this piece of music that mm-hmm. I was singing. And most people 
or I don't, I don't know if it's most people. I got a lot of comments where people said, I didn't notice the mics changing at all. And then when the song finished, I opened my eyes and realized you had gone through all of them. Um, so that's been, you know, kind of uh, perspective shifting. Uh, and was that used in the UA as the pre? Uh, yeah, that probably would have been with the with the eight pre. Okay, so not even like, I mean, I'm not saying the UA, the UA stuff is really good, as we know, but it's not like it's some super you know, super duper individual high-end pre. Yeah, no, just a, a decent one. And, you know, I think uh, the, the cheap mic would have been a little bit noisier otherwise and uh, definitely, you know, alone, you know, raw, without effects, it sounded tinnier for sure. Um, but then, I don't know, once you put it through like a full vocal chain, it's in a mix with mm. other instruments. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know, YouTube compression, people argue about how much of a difference that may make, but... Um, I think it's... um. A lot of people couldn't the, tell. I guess the other factor in this that obviously we you were doing the test for quality, but there's I guess there's the robustness is the other thing that will come. You know, if you kept doing that test for Very two true. years, would that twenty dollar mic still survive? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Um, I guess that's the other thing you're paying for, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but and I also think too, if you um, you know you're recording an entire track and it's mostly live instruments, let's say if it's all going through the eighty seven compared to you know, everything was going through this $20 thing, You it, that would add up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's those small percentages yeah. built up over time that, yeah, make that difference. Absolutely. If you're into music production, you should also check out musictech.net. There you'll find impartial gear reviews, the latest product news, and tutorials for honing your craft, plus producer interviews and under-the-hood track breakdowns. And for those of you wanting to master your recording software, head to the Music Tech YouTube channel, where we have free courses in Logic and Ableton Live delivered by our expert trainers, with more DAWs coming soon. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. So is that, are we coming up to last item time, Will? This is last item time, and I just want to reflect back to you, Andrew. You don't have any software yet. Is that going to change? Oh, do I have to include like a VST or a... You don't, don't have, have to include <laughs> no, anything. No, no. Like you've got no. Ableton, you've got all the things that come with it. Right. I'll be working with stock. Oh my God. Yeah, you can have you can have the, the top. Yeah, the top yeah. It's, this is super tough because it, was, it also was forcing me um, to prioritize what instruments uh, I would choose because... Um, I play a few instruments and, and uh, you know, to think about going forever, like without a drum kit is pretty odd, but I think that's what I'll be doing. Um, so uh, I think I, I think I have to have a bass guitar with me. Ooh, what kind? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll probably take Paul McCartney's. <laughs> One of his. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and you know, again, I'm, I don't even care that much about the the specifics of the instrument itself. I'd like it to, you know, have a nice action. And, but uh, I really just, I enjoy playing the bass. It's uh, one of the things that I find is, is harder to replace with, um, you know, something digital. And uh, like, I don't know, this this was really tough call with like, you know, not having a drum kit, let's say, but I felt like I, I usually do drums electronically. You can do decent um, you know, live sounding drums, even from sampling, but, uh, yeah, just being able to play a bass guitar, I feel like would, is something I'd want to hold on to forever. I think there's a thing as well with guitars and bass guitars. Generally it's, um, 
how you interact with it. So even if you can get the sound really close with an instrument, you, you don't play the notes correctly when you're playing them in on a keyboard to how, you know, you don't slide up to them. You, you don't have those, that tremolo or those, be- you know, it's just the things that you do yeah. naturally without thinking about when, when suddenly you're trying to program it, you're like, oh, why doesn't that sound right? It's like, oh, because you would slide to that note or you would bend. And so I think that's why you have to have the yeah, physical Yeah, all those thing. little expressive things, true. Those really add up. Um, yeah, so I, I, that was a surprise for me too, honestly, because I thought, you know, if I'm limited to just a few items, I could get tricky and like pitch down the guitar or like try playing some lines twice as fast mm-hmm. and very speed mm-hmm. them or whatever. But um, yeah, I just really felt like maybe it's because the bass was one of my earlier instruments too that I ever got on. But um, yeah, if, you know, taking up three of my slots with guitar, piano, bass, and <laughs> I think that's the way it's got to be. And stealing Paul McCartney's because you're a big fan of his bass style or music or just because, you know, it's worth loads of money? <laughs> I Just the most famous <laughs> bass player, right? You know, we're, why not? Ripping off Dead Mouse. <laughs> let's let's also go after Paul. <laughs> I, I, I And I do love the Beatles, so it would be, it'd be kind of cool just to yeah. own something yeah. of theirs. I mean, it's going to be a challenge for us to get it, but it's fine. It's the Forever Studio. We have ways. We'll yeah. get the Paul McCartney bass. What is it? A Honor? It's a Hofner. A Hofner bass. Hofner violin bass. Right. You know, and you know what? I don't think it would even be that one. I, I'm sure he's got just like a Fender lying around somewhere that I would actually prefer. It's, over his the backup, but Paul McCartney's backup bass. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Not the the one that, uh, you know, that he's famous for. That, that, yeah. I've never, never been a fan, I guess, of that Hofner shape, but it's purely an aesthetic thing. <laughs> I've just Googled Paul McCartney's backup bass, and he basically has four of these in a rack. I don't think he has anything oh, else. <laughs> Let's keep going. No, not that one. No, not oh, that one. Committed. Have you got any ones that don't look like violins? Because <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just can't. Okay. So, Will, do you want to uh, give us the rundown of the studio? Right. We are in Hawaii on a launch pad. Let's say next to a launch pad overlooking the sea. Our computer is a Mac Pro, fully spec'd out. The audio interface is a Universal Audio Apollo X8P. The DAW is Ableton Suite. Your studio items, you've gone instrument heavy, Andrew, with the Yamaha Disclavier as your MIDI controller. And <laughs> it's the most extra MIDI controller <laughs> MIDI I've ever controller. heard of. It's incredible. Uh your very own first guitar, a white and gold Ibanez Talman, modified with the Floyd Rose bridge, did we say? Yeah, yeah, Floyd Rose uh, tremolo I, I'm after. Beautiful. Uh, you're listening back on Dead Mouse's ATC SCM 300 ASL Pro soffit-mounted speakers. God, they, I'm sorry, they need to stop naming speakers like this. Can, come on, come on, Andrew. You're one of the most popular guys in this Just arena. Strings of Can numbers. we get them to name speakers like they name cars <laughs> and stop giving them these ridiculous number names? Oh yeah, it would be a step up at least. I make fun of car names as well, but it would be better than just just numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Just run us through those ATCs again, uh, please. The well. ATC SCM 300 ASL Pro. <laughs> it's the Pro. Oh yeah. <laughs> For modular, you have chosen. Okay, and this is, I think this is a bending of a rule. And we're going to have to, from here on out, change our rules, Chris, because we're going to have to accept a modular system as being a thing. So <laughs> you've, you've broken it, Andrew, but we're fine with it. Okay. It's Hans Zimmer's... I'm glad I'm the one to break it. It's, yeah, <laughs> it had to be this way. 
the Moog System 55 from Hans Zimmer's studio, a Neumann U87 to record all of the real world things, and Paul McCartney's backup bass, just not a Hofner. <laughs> That's the only specification, right? Not a Hofner. Yeah, whichever bass Paul used the most that is not a Hofner. Let's go with that. <laughs> nice. Okay, so... That's the studio. So the final thing we talk about is uh, it's, it's not a bit of studio gear, um, but a luxury item that you would have in the studio forever. Like, uh, what would you like in there? Yeah, this was a tough one for me because, you know, it's funny. I have so much gear in my studio, but I, I really don't have much else in my in my life or in my house. You know, we my wife and I are pretty minimal and we have like furniture and plants, basically. No art on the walls or anything. Nothing... I don't know. So, okay, here's here's the two things that uh, I thought of. If you would let me have a personal chef, that would be a, a luxury mm-hmm. item that I would that I would yeah. take. Because I, I actually, you know, mm-hmm. I enjoy cooking, but if, if given the choice, I'll always prefer to do music. And um, if not that, I was thinking just whatever the most large, comfortable bed is in the world, I will, uh, I'll take that and just get the best sleeps I can. I'll allow the chef if you pick a celebrity <laughs> chef. Ooh. You have to choose one. <laughs> oh, I haven't watched enough of the shows recently. Um, Living or dead. Oh, yeah. Who are the dead celebrity chefs? How long is, has cooking on TV been going on? <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a really good point. I, I'd probably have to choose someone with a nice nice energy. You know, no no Gordon Ramsay. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't imagine it, Gordon in the studio. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just screaming at you while you're trying to... Oh, it's a, it's a, Andrew, your fucking dinner's ready. <laughs> Can you just decide what you want to effing eat now? I'm trying to do a vocal take. Calm down, Gordon. Uh, be in the background of all my chat tracks. <laughs> um, God, yeah. No, some just someone pleasant. I don't know. Who, who's that? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Rachel Ray yeah. is coming to mind. Yeah. Ina Garten, maybe. <laughs> She's uh, very chill. Mm, yeah. Maybe someone from like the Great British Bake Off. Oh yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. One of the, one of the contestants will go. Will, you know for a deep cut. Oh Mary Berry, the old, a really old Mary uh, Berry. She'd be nice in the studio making. You get really fat really quickly though. Just eating. Right. Cakes, Maybe right? I shouldn't pick a a baker. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad you're allowing the personal chef option. That's amazing. True luxury. We've had a uh, chef before, but we never thought about the type of chef. We we just sort of went, yeah, cool, chef. But I think it's quite interesting. So, I mean, just to end on that then, even if we're not talking a celebrity chef, what would be their speciality cuisine? What could you eat every day? You know, I try to eat healthy, and I think I, I don't do a good enough job of it on my own. I I think if I had someone just helping me out, uh, that would be great. You know, just a, a generally lighter perhaps a vegetarian diet uh, I'd be I'd be pretty happy with someone oh, someone who could come up with really creative snacks you know those things where it's like can't believe yeah. this is healthy yeah. but it tastes amazing I often I often find that, that that's generally lies when once you dig in I know right <laughs> you go oh, it's healthy too and then you really go oh no it's not, no, it's not. <laughs> okay back to the fruit <laughs> <laughs> do, do we want to quickly briefly just talk about before the end here of your you've got your new flip app right Oh, yeah. Well, and this is another thing, too. I was like, are they letting us have phones? And if so, like, would I have apps on my phone? But anyway, um, you know, I, I actually I thought this all through. I probably wouldn't have if, if it came down to it, it was in the rules. I, I wouldn't have my app with me forever because I would just do all the sampling in Ableton um, as as much as that pains me to say. But yeah, no, I've got this new sampling app out. 
it's for iOS right now, but we're testing out to see if it'll work on Android as well. And it's just meant to be like a super fun, um, really quick sampling workflow, but it's also, it's quite powerful for an app. It's got interesting sequencing stuff going on, like lots of automation lanes with independent lengths and there's cool live performance controls. You can export stems off of it. So yeah, it's called Flip. It's a, nice. it's a good time. And it's out now. Yeah. Just came out a, a week or two ago. Uh, and, uh, it's in the app store. It was number one in a few countries, which we're very proud nice of. Nice work. Good yeah. work, man. Nice. It's a lot of fun. I've had a go with that. It's, it's great stuff, actually. That's it, the, how quickly you can get from just sampling anything to it being, it sounding really decent, like having all of the effects right there to be able to just be like, oh yeah, I want to crush that. And I want to make that weird. It's really, really nicely thought yeah. out. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That was, that was where the idea started from was, uh. I just have about a hundred or maybe more recordings on my phone of things that I found while I was out and about, and I never used them because I would have to email them to myself and then, you know, decide where to put them on my computer, bring them in Ableton, all that kind of stuff. And I just started thinking, what would be the ideal workflow for being out and about and discovering a sound and, you know, the the, the quickest way to get from point A to B uh, in terms of like hearing something cool and then making music with it. So, um yeah, I think we we got about as close as we could. I mean, just on the sampling point real quick, because you've sampled so many things over over the years. Where has it like gone wrong? <laughs> I mean, I think I've always been able to find a way. Um, and, and it just sometimes means that the final product is a little bit off. But I mean, so my, my favorite example is uh, I covered 99 red balloons or 99 left balloons using only balloons. And um, it was just, you know, a bizarre idea that I had actually because I wanted to make something Germany related to promote a tour I was about to embark on in Germany. And, um, you know, being a North American, I I don't know very many German songs. So that's what came to mind. It had balloons in it. I was like, oh, I'll just do something ridiculous and see if I can make it with balloons. And it turned out that uh, the balloons, you know, balloons can make such a huge variety of sounds from like rolling them up and plucking them to obviously inflating and deflating them, popping them, um, squeaking them, rubbing them. So it, it was very surprising, you know, just the breadth of sounds I, I wasn't expecting to get. But then also the song is like probably almost entirely above like 800 hertz or something like that. Like it's just a squeaky mess with an occasional like bump from a, an inflated balloon kind of being hit and probably over EQ'd in the low end to try and make a kick drum. But um, yeah, you know, the, the final results are sometimes absolutely unlike anything else you would normally call music. But uh, I think they they just squeak in. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the point as well, I guess. It's like, yeah. 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 Well, and it's, you know, it's fun just incorporating unorthodox sounds in a normal production, which I think is, is much more common and, and plenty of people do that. But uh, of course, you know, for the internet every once in a while, if you do something where it's, it's all balloon sounds or it's all pants sounds, or it's all like I did one with uh, things that you could make meth with <laughs> or do a whole desert <laughs> Island show. That's like pick six things you're going to make music with for the rest of time that aren't musical that's what we should have done with you <laughs> oh my god that's oh, the podcast wild. we'll start a goat i, we'll start I guess i'll take a, a couple balloon. couple goats with me and try to make a drum yeah. <laughs> okay you've got one minute what have you got oh god okay a log oh this is terrible already i'll take the balloon yeah um <laughs> yeah 
a, a large cave. Let's go with that. Get some natural yeah. reverb. Sure. <laughs> um, oh, what are the like the everyday things that make pleasant sounds? Some kind of um, some kind of like resonant like tube. Some something I can use as a, a wind instrument, maybe. Oh, well, I'll just say it. A carrot. I made flutes out of carrots once, and and it worked out. Obviously, it, it would just <laughs> spoil. It would rot away soon, but that's fine. It's on the list. <laughs> Maybe a vegetable garden, so you have a replenished supply. Perfect. Yes. Renewable carrot flutes. <laughs> Two more. Um, what have I covered? I, I guess like, there's a lot of stuff to to hit for drums. Um, some kind of maybe something like a rice a bag of oh, rice. Oh, a shaker. Yeah, shaker would love a shaker. Kind of What's a good shaker? Yeah, box of quinoa. I've used that a lot. <laughs> you got one. I mean, left. I think I just need to. I just need to move to a farm. I'll be covered. Um, or a supermarket. Yeah. One that I. <laughs> I think I just need something really ridiculous. I mean, I've got the cave, but um, just something outlandish, and. Uh, you know, I always uh, I always wanted to do a video where I made music using a volcano. Mm. Um, somehow, like, so I have I've had a few videos on my channel where I like travel to a strange place to make music, and I did that. Like, I they invited me to Florida, so I was like, oh, what can I do in Florida? But we visited an aquarium where there are these rescue dolphins, and I made all this music with dolphins. And I was like, one day, you know, next installment of that show, maybe would love to do it in a volcano. So, so yeah, we'll. We'll fulfill that dream here. <laughs> I just want to pick up on the fact that you said, I, I do a series where I travel to a strange place. So I went to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Other times I've been in the middle of a frozen lake or whatever. But yeah, Florida. <laughs> the strangest of them all. Um, okay, well, that's uh, that's that's the end of the show. Um, my Forever Studio. Um, thank you so much, Andrew, for coming on and having a, having a giggle with us uh, and talking tech. Um, we really appreciate your time. And uh, do check out Andrew's app yeah. if you get a chance on the on the App Store as well. It's awesome. Thank you very thank much, Thank you so much Andrew. for having me on. Yeah, this was super no worries. fun. And that's the My Forever Studio. <laughs> thank you very much. Air horns, air horns. Okay, well, thanks again to Andrew for taking time to appear on the podcast. Some interesting choices there. Yes, some very interesting choices. And remember, if you're a fan of our My Forever Studio podcast, make sure you subscribe using your favorite podcasting app and maybe even give us a delightful five-star rating. Yes, yes, please do that. That can be your Christmas present to us. We would love that. And speaking of Christmas, next time on the show, we have a very special guest for our My Forever Studio Christmas Day special. Yes, a fully-fledged pop star on the Music Tech podcast, Mr. Gary Barlow. Tune in for some festive Forever Studio fun next time. Yep, it's going to be a challenge for him. We know he's a gear nerd. He is, he is. Anyway, thanks. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time for more adventures into Studio Forever. Bye-bye.